Ooh, hey there, folks. It's the Uticast episode 315. 315 in the 315. That's right. I said it. Uh, welcome back to the show, folks. We are joined by recurring guest, uh, the host, creator of the Against the Algorithm podcast, Malik Gale, joining us to talk about their brand new season starting this Friday on all podcasting platforms. Check him out. You know, he's one of our favorites. And he also carried me through a very, uh, let's call it a quiet, fourth of july holiday episode where we talk a little bit about my vacation to eagle bay got back family did the enchanted forest thing uh we have a little conversation at the end that spirals into chick-fil-a sauce and condiments and barbecue varieties all that kind of stuff uh but also i know what you guys are here for you're here to talk about the incident the q-tip incident i will go in depth about what happened during the trip uh what's going on with me and what that means for y'all going forward so uh yeah Malik Gale uh against the algorithm podcast and then I guess you guys are here to hear about uh the QT Benson so here we go episode 315 segment of the show it's the uticast episode 315 kevin i'm back from 10 days of vacation yeah welcome back how uh how did, 10 days you were gone for what seven days i was gone for seven days yeah yeah, yeah 10 days since the last podcast is sure. came out i suppose mm. um but i'm back i'm back did you enjoy the solitude of having the house to yourself uh it, it wasn't it wasn't that different i suppose how's yeah. the cat Cat was fine. Cat, cat does what cat does. I scared the cat when I came back because he was asleep. Oh, there you go. And he like looked at me and he's like, ah! And freaked out and then ran away. Mm. Uh, but yes, I'm back uh, from my trip. Had a really nice time in Eagle Bay with the family. Great time. Uh, we go about there all the time. I always sort of forget Eagle Bay, I feel like, is the forgotten north place. I, mean, I go to Old Forge. Where all the like the stuff is, tourist stuff, and then Inlet, where we have like all the stuff we spent there all the time we spent there, and then I never think of Eagle Bay, which just sort of sits in the middle. Mm, it's really Eagle Bay's nice. got a lot of great stuff. Oh yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, really nice time there. Uh, we went back to the Enchanted Forest mm. water safari. When's the last time you've been to the Enchanted Forest? Oh, it's been yeah, a decade. So you haven't seen any of the part in the back that's all new, all the new. No, I think I saw some of that. That's been there for a while now. And they have like new rides this year as well that they just opened up. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Yeah. Um, I have to say, they also opened up this new thing, the Cabanas. So mm. if you go to Enchanted Forest now, you can just get a private cabana, a little like, uh, like you know, straw, mm. fern, roof cover. It's got a safe and it's got all like chairs and stuff. You can leave all your stuff there when you're going around. Sure. It's a pretty sweet deal. Mm-hmm. You can, like, just hang out by yourself, do your own thing. You can, like, keep yourself away in your own little private section if you want to have a meal with your family, want to share some food, whatever, bring some snacks with you. Right. Good times. It's very nice. Sort of liked it. Might never go back without the cabana. That's my new thought. Yeah, it's tough. Just don't go back. You could rent a boat. <laughs> no, you like, could Like, counterpoint. Well, yeah, I mean, this, you yeah. go off 4th of July weekend, you, you know, yeah. basically you get what you ask for, but, like... 
Generally, like, that's always that's one of the reasons I don't go to Enchanted Forest. I'd rather be like on the lake. Kids like the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, yeah. Nieces sure. and nephews like the Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a water slide, although I couldn't do any of the water rides. So that was another real annoying mm-hmm. facet of my trip. Uh, before I get to the downer stuff, I'll stay with the up stuff. Sure. Uh, I hiked Bald Mountain again. That was a lot of fun. There you go. Conquered the great, great peak. Every time I do a Bald Mountain run, I think to myself, yeah, maybe I could be like an outdoors guy. I'm mm. start talking to Heather more about outdoors. Yeah, there you go. Guy. And then I bring up to Heather, and then she hits me with like a hundred things about the outdoors. I'm like, this is overwhelming. No more outdoor stuff for That's me. quite a bit. Uh, Heather's not here, by the way. I told Heather she could stay out doing family fun outdoor stuff because it's nice out. And Very it's magnanimous of you. Yeah, come on. It's a holiday. Sort of. It's not really a holiday, but it's people are taking the day off for the yeah, holiday. Yeah, people are treating it like yeah. a holiday. Everybody I talked to is on <laughs> holiday today, so. Uh, and then uh, we also walked around Moss Lake, which was very nice as well. It's like mm-hmm. a two and a half mile hike. A lot of bugs out there mm-hmm. by the old Moss Lake. <laughs> uh, and that was great. So um, I had a great time with the family, except for one aspect of the trip, which I have to get out of the way because it's a very embarrassing story. Mm. Um, so I put, oh, by the way, I, before we get to it, I posted something on Twitter after it happened. And I was just like, I gotta say, this has been a real, uh, it's a real bad time for your old pal Sam, right? And I got a lot of like nice messages from people who were mm. like sending their support. And I think I overstated how bad things were going for me. Things were not great for me, but they weren't awful. I wasn't like, you know, my house didn't burn down or anything like that, right? So what had happened was this. Uh, Your friend Sam got out of the shower. And I, it was real hot out. It was like one of those 80 degrees, I think it was 80 degrees Hmm. or whatever it was, right? I got out of the shower (laughs) and I got wet, you know, ears, Hmm. wet ears. And I'm using the... (laughs) And I'm using a Q-tip to dry out my ear. It's tough. <laughs> um, and I move it to the left ear, drying it out, and I look up in the mirror, and I got a hat on, and my hair and my forehead are real sweaty. It's real stupid. I don't know. I don't know. It's a dumb story. It's real sweaty. And you won't be able to see the motion that I'm going to do, uh, that Kevin will be able to see. Um, and I go... Oh, shit. So I take my hat off with my right hand, and I reach up with my left hand to swipe my forehead with my wrist. Mm. And in that motion, my left bicep hits the Q-tip, which is still in my ear, like an idiot, uh, and smashes it into my ear canal. Mm. Uh, I told this story very quickly to Malik, and he did not like it. <laughs> no, this is not a story people are going to like. Nobody, no, nobody gonna, wants to. They're not going to like it. Uh, now... A couple people asked me, who I talked to, did it hurt? And my answer to that is, I don't remember. <laughs> because it was so shocking and so quick uh, that I didn't really register as, ow, that hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's hard, hard to describe. What I do know is that I went full deaf in my left ear for what felt like a minute but in reality it was probably like 10 seconds but I was real shook right certainly like shook and then these some vague semblance of hearing uh, stumbled back into my left ear Mm. slightly Uh, so 
I'm like, oh shit, I don't even know what to do here, right? I thought I'd pop my eardrum, but in all the popular fiction or, you know, conjecture I've heard with a ruptured eardrum is that you, your equilibrium is all fucked up. You start falling over, or not falling over, but you lose your sense of balance. Yeah, okay. Or that you'd have, like, some sort of liquid coming out of your ear. I was not bleeding from the ear in the context like there was a stream of blood coming out of my ear, but there was a little bit of blood on the Q-tip, right, that was jammed into my ear, so that wasn't great. Um, so I waited it out for a couple hours, right, told my told my mom stepdad I was like hey what do you think of this what are your thoughts on this right and there's like so much going on with so many people that we all kind of brushed past it I think initially I was mm-hmm. like oh he'll, you'll be alright right and uh next couple hours I was like I don't know I feel like I need someone to tell me that this isn't like uh how bad this is right, right? so my mom and my stepdad took me up to the old town of Webb I don't have a car by the way so I'm like can someone drive me to the old town? Because yeah, you rode up with them. I rode up with them. <laughs> like, can somebody give me a lift down to the old town of Webb Health Clinic? Right. So they brought me down there. And uh, very nice folks. They looked at it. They told me my eardrum wasn't ruptured, but I hurt my ear canal. Uh, and that the reason I can't hear so good is because the ear canal is all inflamed up. Mm. And that's why it's affecting my hearing. Right. Uh they didn't seem all that concerned that it was going to be some sort of permanent thing, mm-hmm. right? Having said that, it has been a week, and I do not necessarily feel like this ear is getting any better, mm. right? Still don't particularly hear very well out of it, uh, noticeably, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't go so far as to say that I have tinnitus, but I can tell that something's not working, right? You know what I mean? It feels like something. Right, you hear a ringing? Now that I think about it, I am, but I don't always, right? Mm. Um, so, you know, I tried to call an ENT person today, but of course. Everybody's closed. Everybody's closed, yeah, so I got it today. tomorrow. So I am going to go probably have somebody see what's wrong with my head, my ear. Uh, I am, again, I'm not in pain, mm-hmm. but it's certainly uncomfortable. The closest thing I can s- describe it to for anyone who's curious at this point in time, nine minutes in, uh, is wearing an in-ear hair, ear like earbud, like a skull candy or an AirPod, but with no music playing. Mm, that right? makes sense. But, no music playing, but it's queued up like it's about to play music. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's the closest way I can describe it. Yeah. Uh, it also really made me realize how poor my ear... My, my ear, my ear sight, I was going to say. <laughs> my my <laughs> earring, hearing is the word I was looking for. Mm. And my right ear is, because now it's the only ear that seems to work. Mm. <laughs> now, that's a lot of exposition dump for me to throw at you, Kev. What are your thoughts about the Q-tip incident, as I'm calling it? Um, I got a lot of thoughts. So, number one, I mean, boy, you're glad it wasn't worse. Certainly. I'm glad you didn't rush that eardrum. That would um, Take a lot of liberties with these Q-tips out here. I do. Don't understand it. Uh, I I'm when I heard about it because I heard about it secondhand, and it sounded like you had like pierced your brain <laughs> with a Q-tip the size of a like a chopstick. So I'm glad it wasn't that bad. But I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. Make sure that's how close you are to some really bad stuff happening every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like close calls yeah. on accidents and near misses and stuff like that. You're just glad it wasn't worse. This will all be a fine story if 
somewhere along the way, my I get some of this hearing back. Yeah, I would imagine. You're only a week in. You know what I mean? I would yeah. imagine you're probably looking at like three to six weeks for anything. I wouldn't love if this was it, though. This would be tough yeah. if, this was, uh, if this was just it. But again, it could always have been worse. Now, for folks out there who are like, Sam, I don't care about any of this. Right. Tell me about this podcast I listen to and stop talking about your ear injury. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that this is will hamper my ability to do this show. Mm. But there's a reason I reached out to Malik today. Not just because the new season of uh, Against the Algorithm podcast starts on Friday. Mm-hmm. You should check it out on all the podcasting platforms because he's great and he always gets great guests. Um, but because he's a pro and he could help me out because I was not in, mm. not feeling super great about doing a Zoom interview this morning yeah. with my ear the way it is. For sure. I don't know exactly how excited I'm going to be to like... It's tough for me to pull it together to do some of this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. play it by... There it is. There it is. By, by... I don't know. I don't know how to finish that. I don't know what should be next. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't exactly know what we're going to do. Or I'm going to do, necessarily. But, um, but that's why I brought in Malik. Because Malik is great. He's a pro. Mm. Uh, and I knew that he would be able to help me out. Again, he, he was... He was not pleased hearing the story, un, mm. un, unprepared for it. I didn't realize how many people were sensitive about their ears, the ear thing. I think people, nobody wants their ears jabbed. <laughs> and that's true. Nobody, nobody's out here. Uh, yeah, be careful out there, folks. Uh, don't do, don't do dumb stuff. And don't, can't have it. And don't try and do two things at once. I guess is also the moral of the story. Yeah, there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of steps that had to go. Yeah, a lot of things had to go wrong the for hat. me. We were just like fresh out of the shower. Sweating. I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying, boy, like everything really lined up. Yeah. It's not great. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh. That's what you got two of them for. Oh, well. So, if you're wondering why the interview is an hour long and the rest of the show is essentially done. It is a holiday. I guess it is a holiday. It is certainly a holiday. Uh, That's why. Because I. Boy, the fireworks are wild. Glad you're missing out on those of your limited hearing, because they're everywhere. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Uh, so why don't we why don't we go to Malik Gale and the Q-tip incident is over with, and we'll talk to Malik Gale about the newest season uh, of Against the Algorithm podcast coming out Friday on all podcast platforms. Check him out. Oh, and he moved to Syracuse. So we talked a lot about mm. him moving to Syracuse. So there's that. good how about you oh i'm <laughs> so everyone else who just listened to the first segment of the podcast which i've totally already recorded and i'm not and i'm definitely taping in order um <laughs> will, will have heard the story already um so I'm, i'll give you the story real quick okay 
you might be able to tell um, from my Adirondacks hat that I bought, white guy shit, that we spent the last <laughs> that we just spent the last week uh, up north. I was with the family doing the thing. Me and my nieces and nephews. We had like eleven people in this beautiful camp house. It was really nice. We had a great time. <laughs> somewhere, oh, no. along, somewhere along the way, I got out of the shower. I was uh, cleaning up, doing the doing the Q-tip thing. And I had the Q-tip in this ear and my head was sweating. So I went, oh, hang on. Bam, bam, wiped my head, knocked the Q-tip into my ear. Ah, 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 I was <laughs> waiting. Ah. Had to go to like the, the town of Webb health clinic to have them look at me. Uh, turns out I didn't rupture my eardrum. So I'm not permanently deaf. That's good. And I have my equilibrium. But it does mean that I have a big chunk out of my ear canal and I have minimal uh, hearing out of this. Uh, what is my left ear? Even though it looks like I write what I'm pointing at. That is rough. I, I'm sorry for people who can't see which just everyone. I'm just touching my ear. I'm just like, like ever since you've mentioned that, I've just been holding my ear for dear life. <laughs> and I, and I, understand, I understand it. I recently had a family member who recovered from uh, brain surgery. Yeah. And whenever I tell the story to people, they're like, oh my God, it, he had brain surgery? I'm like, well, he did. It, there's no nice way to make brain surgery sound like a term that you can use. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like, you just casually cut up in someone's head. Yeah, like, like, yeah someone just like saw stuff and they just tap, tapped it a few, a few times and he's good. Uh, the reason, and the reason I bring that up, I suppose, is because if you hear me have to do this thing where I'm like, wait, what would you say? It's because I'm just not leaning close enough to the computer with just one ear. Well, you're uh, and, and I'll ask you because I haven't really talked to anyone else about this. I'm concerned from like a fan of music standpoint, because I'm terrified that I'll never be able to like listen to music ever again the same way. Yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest thing that's like absolutely terrifying. I mean, I know a YouTuber who like makes a ton of music. He's a producer, like really prolific, Andrew Huang, who like had like one day he woke up and like his hearing loss has just kind of been like in and out. And like, it's been like a weird situation for him to be a producer and create yeah. music while also kind of dealing with this like hearing loss and trying to find ways to like navigate around it. And I, yeah, I don't know that, that sounds so terrifying. I mean, that's probably, I feel like that's why I've been a little bit more careful with my ears. I mean, if you talk to me when I was in like high school, I had all my music blared up and I do still, but at a more reasonable volume and also having headphones that don't go in them, they're probably a little bit more around. I don't know. I'm not, well, I am not a doctor for anything related to the ears. So I don't know if I'm literally doing anything better or worse, but I, uh, I feel <laughs> I described it earlier. Uh, it feels like in this ear specifically that I am wearing one AirPod, but no, no music is playing, right? That's kind of what it feels like all the time. Oh, that's rough. It's very strange. I don't care for it. Um, but I wanted to warn you about that before we started getting into the rest of the show. So you can no. kind of understand where my head is today when I was like, I need to reach out to a recurring GFOP because I am struggling today to like pull this <laughs> off. You can't, you can't have someone like, you can't have like, I don't know, like, I mean, you could have other GOP, like return, like good friends of the pod, but you can't like have Brindisi or someone else like that and be like, what? Who is this? <laughs> can't say what. So, I can accept that. 
I trust someone I trust to carry the conversation and help me out. Um, speaking, I mean, of which, yeah. speaking of which, um, new season of Against the Algorithm premiering this Friday. Am I correct in saying that? Yep, this Friday. Uh, coming back this Friday and coming to WPNR, the college radio station at Utica College, this Sunday. It's been absolutely mind-blowing, honestly. Yeah, so I'm curious. I saw you talking about that on Twitter. How did that sort of come come to be? Uh, so the WPNR uh, You worked there when you were in, high, in college, weren't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So during my time in college, I worked at WPNR. Um, I started off as a music staffer, and then I worked my way up. I spent like two of my years working as a program director, which is objectively the best job there if you love music, because you're basically the one more or less kind of steering the ship in like in terms of like production, in terms of like what music plays with the assistance of the music director. And then my last year I became the station manager. And during that whole time I was hosting a show called Lost Transmissions, which funnily enough, I have my little, this is from the finale of the show. Um, and this is like all the recurring guests from the show. Um, they're all oh, wow. by everybody. <laughs> I was thinking about putting it up, which is why I have it. It's not, it was, wasn't, wasn't prepared. This isn't like a Fallon where everything's already planned out. Um, but but um, it was just such a great opportunity. And I mean, I've done interviews. That's where I started all my interviews. I did my first interview there just from sending out a tweet to the to Jukebox the Ghost. And yeah. that he has started like just a massive like groundswell of like all these interviews with people I've been a huge fan of. Something I forget sometimes. I it's it's weird getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I've interviewed some people that like, wow. So it came from lost transmissions. And when I finished college, I really wanted to do. I think I mentioned it like during the first interview, but I really wanted to do something that like continued the essence of the show. But lost transmissions is like a music news talk show. So and that felt that was way too intense to do when you are not when you have to have an actual job. <laughs> um, I can't spend two hours trying to run around and like find out what Kanye did while also getting two friends who are also not busy each week and have that work. So I hammered in on like the interview segment and just kind of like, I love them. That was one big thing that like felt like so welcoming just to like get a chance to sit down and talk to people. I did long form interviews. Like we're talking like maybe 30 to 45 to an hour sometimes. And I never wanted to like, and I was told like sometimes like, oh, hey, maybe you want to come down. And it was, it, the call was always mine. No one was like, you have to. They're like, hey, maybe. But I always loved the feeling of kind of jumping into these interviews and you experiencing them as is, minus for maybe like some um, some ands or something that like is like derailing. I love the feeling of just kind of being there. And like, in some cases, like feeling a de like develop of a friendship, like you get to talk to someone and slowly go from, hey, stranger to, oh my gosh, like we had this like one cool thing that we like just connected on and like we've been able to be friends. And I mean, that's been a huge thing for me. And it's so exciting to be able to, to have one, done this for two years now, and then to bring it back, kind of bring it home to the place where the whole, like, I mean, the idea of me interviewing artists kind of started. My question for you, and you're always really good at this. And I notice it, you know, I when all the bands you pull in, all the music you listen to, you are very on top of, uh, I don't want to you're going to take this the wrong way. Not you're going to take this the wrong way. People are going to take this the wrong way. There's not like a genre of music or like some current new thing that I feel like I could throw at you that you wouldn't like have some take on. Some thoughts. I know what you mean. 
like we haven't prepped this, but if I was like, hey, what do you think about Lord putting out that salacious album cover? I'm sure you'd have a take on it somewhere along the way, right? Like, cause you just run around it in the music scene. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was going to start saying, <laughs> but yeah, I remember when the cover came out and I was just like, oh, hell, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's been interesting. Cause I mean, I think we talked about it last time. It's like jam bandy again. Like it's like another, and I think it's starting to come with like, I saw a take about it where all these people are growing up. So you can't expect like these weird moody albums. Eventually these people are going to be like stabilizing or calming yeah. down or mellowing out or like finding some level of normalcy, normalcy even in when you're like a massive career. So that's when how you have like these songs where Lord's chilling by the beach and drinking <laughs> a mojito. And yeah, again, we didn't prep that at all. And I literally just was like, blah. <laughs> But that, yeah, I'm really looking forward. I think too, and you bring up a good point because I wasn't even going to go there, but now that you mentioned it, you know, the Lord thing's really interesting. I don't find it that wild as a guy who's an older musician, or at least a guy who sees in his head himself as an old musician. It's like, yeah, I was into like, I remember as a kid, like yelling at my stepdad to be like, turn that Elvis Costello record off. I want to listen to Green Day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and now as I get older, I'm like, oh, you know, this Elvis Costello record is kind of good. So, uh, I think that's where the part that I struggle with is I feel like every time I commit to an artist, they become old and lame and now I have to learn about a new artist. Uh, and I, I'm, and you, I think you also bring a good point. Like not all of these people can stay the same way forever, right? We look at Lord, we look at those first couple albums. Oh, she's so dark. It's got some like a darkness to it. Like she's an adult, a successful adult now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like look at Billie Eilish in five years. You think she's going to be depressed in five years? I bet you she's not. Well, yeah, I mean, with the whole like um, lineup of the album, I mean, I think she did that, uh, what is it? She did that photo cover, that photo shoot recently or like a while back and everyone lost their minds, but it's just like, she's an adult and like, th that's her call. Like everyone's like, she's not wearing baggy clothes anymore. Da -da -da -da. I'm like, it's her prerogative. Like she's like- let I'm her no longer wearing baggy clothes and I'm an yeah. adult. <laughs> exactly but that's the thing and i mean i think there was like more nuance with it being like and, and not to like take that the wrong way but like it's so weird because like there's so much about like billy's identity being like oh she doesn't talk about sex and she's like like just wearing baggy clothes and she's just very like there was like so much around i think in more cases with the rather than the music a lot around the identity and the image that she had with her first record so it feels interesting to kind of see it happen. I don't think it's like too negative now, this is the, the backlash, but I think seeing people navigate or eh, like that change, that simple change as like dyeing your hair blonde and like being more open, like just like, well, not, I don't, we don't even know how open she was before. And I don't want, like, I feel it's weird to speculate too much, but like being more open, like with like showing that in promotional pictures and promotional videos and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's so weird too. I was thinking, I think about this with, with music sometimes because, you know, I, I played in a punk band and I grew up and I, listen to some of the songs that I wrote back then. And I'm like, man, all of these songs are really kind of horny. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe, I guess, cause you're like 17 when you're writing these songs, but I also like American culture in a weird way. We love violence, but we're like a little thrown off by sex. I feel like when any musician is a little open about sexual stuff, it throws people off. I think the best example you could look at of that is like, when, when WAP came out and people were just like, outrageous, oh my God, mind blowing. And, and then I went back and I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, 
I listened to a lot of hip hop in the 90s and there's some stuff on those albums that's way worse than anything that's even moderately sexual now. And I wonder if it's just a time and place thing. I don't know, but like, I have a few points. Like another artist that like, it's just as bad as Lil Nas X. Well, not just as bad. Everyone's like, there are people who lose their mind about if this was flipped and it was a straight man with like straight women, or if it was a straight woman with like straight men. Well, the, the, the second one there, but if it was straight man with like women like around him. Yeah. Wouldn't be a problem at all. But because it's a gay man, just literally kissing someone on stage or doing something simple like that, people lose their minds. I'm like, it doesn't matter to you. Little Nas X isn't going to try to sleep with you. Calm down. Well, you know, it's, it's almost like it's almost like the Marvel movies, right? Yeah. I think about it like this way. Like you look at these people and these are like the most attractive, fashionable, beautiful people in the whole world who seemingly have no sex life that they're allowed to talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> like true. I want I want the Marvel TV show where it's like just Captain America's dating life, like Captain America on Tinder going on dates. I want that show. Give me that. Captain America fucks. <laughs> Yo, Captain America fucks does Cap. I'm sure he does. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but going back to your point real quick. Other thing I mentioned was there's like another there's a song where I cannot believe that no one really talks about this lyric, but um, there's Girls Like You by Maroon 5. And I know it sounds it's one of the most milk toast songs ever, but Cardi's featured on that song. And she has a line where she ends her verse with the line, um, I play with this kitty like you play with your guitar. Yeah. And that's on, that's just there. <laughs> and like, no one calls it out. No one complains about it, probably because it's a Maroon 5 song. Well, here's a good one. I was just in the grocery store before I came here to talk to you. I was, yeah. and again, I can't really hear much because I got the ear, but I could make out the song that was playing at the grocery store. And I don't know if you're going to remember this song. It was a song by Enrique Iglesias called Escape. And the lyric to the song, the catchy lyric, the hook of the song is, you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape my love. And I sat there and I thought about it for a minute. I was like, hmm, this sounds horrible, by the way. It's <laughs> like, this is... Go ahead, No, 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 same. Um, 303, Don't Trust Me, is the creepiest, because was it, me and Marissa went to, Riot, uh, not Riot Fest, the last warp tour that happened like in the area and we went to go see 303 that was the last band we saw during warp and we just sat there and we were like listening to don't trust me and like these lyrics um we were like, just both like this is oh oh <laughs> it just dawned on both of us so, like this is really skeevy as a, as a like when you're not like 17, you're like, I don't care, let's get drunk. <laughs> a lot of these songs, especially I feel like by like men of the mid 2000s, feels very uh, possessive, right? Like I, was just, I just pulled up as we were talking a list of some of the, the top 10 songs that would be on a stalker's playlist. And, and number 10 is like James Blunt's You're Beautiful, which is an, unsen an unsettling song. There's a couple- yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, sunglasses at night by Corey Hart. I want you to want me by Cheap Trick. Keep on loving you by Ario Speed. These are all old like songs from before your time. I feel like uh, before my time, honestly. Oh, and I will possess your heart by Death Cab for Cutie. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, there are some that uh, just are. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I didn't mean to us to get in a whole thing about stalkery creeps making songs. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, what I did want to say, so you, you start your new season on Friday. Yeah. Uh, and for folks who don't know what that means, uh, does that mean you've already recorded a bunch of stuff or do you already start recording stuff this week? Are you excited for what's coming out? So as it currently stands, um, and I'll just give this peek behind the curtain because I, it's kind of in some cases I don't get a chance to talk about it a lot because I'm always sure. like, I'm going to keep it quiet. But I would say that right now we're about, the, the order I'm currently kind of planning is around 12 episodes as it currently stands. Uh, the first episode is completely done. There are two more that are recorded, and I'm recording another one this week. Mm, nice. So we're currently about maybe like a quarter of the seasons. Well, yeah, about that rate, we're probably like about a quarter of the seasons done in terms of like an interview recorded, just because the nature of it, like there's some that are tied into releases. So the premiere is um, a good friend, Taylor Hughes, who is starting a new project called Pure Ecstasy. Mm -hmm. um, her debut single is coming out the same day as the premiere of the podcast. So it's like a cool little like rat, like full circle moment there too. Now, I have to ask because um, you mentioned to me before we were talking here on our on our discussion, you moved in the interim since last time you've been on the show. You moved from Utica to Syracuse. Congratulations on the move. Are you, uh, my first question is podcast related and I'll get to the other stuff afterwards. Do you find that living in a city that is substantially larger makes your ability to contact or get in touch with people who are in the music world easier or harder so far? Honestly, it's not really showing a difference because I think that what's going to happen is the podcast, when it kind of goes into hibernation, gets real quiet. Yeah. But then when it starts happening, that kind of goes away. So <laughs> that's sure. when, like, I already have someone who sent me a seven- seven like artists that they're like hey can we schedule them i'm like what yeah. <laughs> i'm like can we get these on the dates and i'm like okay this is ridiculous um but between that and then like getting your stuff played on the radio station i think that that's gonna change a bit more sure i initially had a rule where i didn't and it sounds gonna sound very mean seeing it initially but like i think now it's gonna be a point where that rule is gonna start like start leaning back where i didn't want to initially do local artists oh yeah I didn't want to do people in the UK area or like necessarily in like this. I think the closest I got was like someone from Rochester and someone from Syracuse. But the reason behind that is I wanted to make sure that the podcast very early on established uh, like a vibe and energy of like people from all over. We're going to have people from all over, different guests, different locations, different places, different viewpoints. And I wanted to really emphasize that early on. And I was very afraid that if I was like, hey, half the episodes are people from Utica or people from Syracuse, that the podcast wouldn't necessarily, like people would kind of pigeonhole the podcast in some cases. I, oh, think I'm more, I think I'm a little less afraid of that now. And I'm definitely more open to like one, having people from Utica and two, having people from Syracuse. I think what you're getting at though, and I think, and this sort of ties into something I've struggled with over the years. Like I've had bands on the show. I like talking to musicians. I like talking to music people because I grew up in a music background. And sure, I'm happy to have a conversation with somebody who does nothing but playing cover bands because that's an interesting conversation in yourself. But like most of the time I have musicians on the podcast, it ends up us talking about music in general and not their band. It's not like always, like, especially around here, because you end up being like, oh, I know this guy. Do you know this guy? And then it just becomes yeah. like a who do you know game, right? Exactly. And for someone who was like, didn't really know a ton of the bands. I mean, I knew, I knew some people, uh, um, I mean, Kevin. Uh, yeah, go for us, Kevin. Yeah. He's everywhere. Yeah. So there's that, uh, but um, 
I think that's that's the biggest thing. I've and I'm not I'm not yeah, afraid yeah. to kind of talk about general. I still think you should bring on our good friend Zalatan. I think you guys oh, would, yeah. you guys would be close pals. I feel like you guys would get along great. Um, like absolutely, hands down, I'm down. What? Um, let me ask you, and I'm sure it was probably some sort of job or work related or with, you know, whatever, but what, uh, what was the reasoning for Syracuse? Did you still want to stay close? Was this just a place that was available for work and you were like, I can still do this while I'm here. How did that all happen? So work thing. Um, I'm okay. currently, um, so a while ago, Marissa started a new job out in Syracuse. So she was, and they didn't re- during the whole pandemic thing, they were doing like, Hey, still need to come into office. So Marissa was commuting back and forth about an hour every, well, an hour to an hour from, and she was getting admittedly very tired of it. Um, I, was, sure. I was like, I was doing really well at the job I currently was at. I had, um, I had nothing but nice things to say about the company I was working with, but I just wasn't making a lot of money and ends were still hard to meet. Sure. So there's the issue of one, I need to make more money and two, we need to get to Syracuse just or somewhere closer or just something's gotta give so I currently found my current job which I'm okay to talk about because they know about the podcast and everything and they they've posted about it on their social media Terakeet I currently work at Terakeet as their as a digital content specialist and I've been there for a couple months now it's almost eight nine months and it's been absolutely amazing so I was working in Utica for a little bit at Terakeet and then once we had enough saved up we moved so now, so like at least the commute's easier and I can go into office here and there. And that's kind of what spurred it on. Give me one thing you, you're you happy to leave behind in Utica and one thing you've, uh, you're sad you're not getting as much of now that you're out of Utica. I can say the sad thing very quickly because we've talked about it multiple times and it's the food. Yeah, for sure. There's no good pizza here. It's very odd to me. It's very yeah. strange. I, yeah. <laughs> I Listen, I I have tried so many pizza places. There's a pizza place down the street. I live in nearby. What I mean, I don't want to say nearby where I live. I near live sure. nearby college area. Um, <laughs> I was about to dox myself straight up. I live nearby a college area. There's two of them at least. You can you won't find me there exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's a pizza place nearby there, and it, it's disgusting. What is like? What's the signature Syracuse food? Is it salt potatoes? I think it's salt potatoes. A lot of people are trying to claim Riggies. I've noticed like Riggies and greens, like I'll see those things on the rest on there a lot. And like Syracuse has been trying to like slowly take those because we notice that a lot. Like a lot of places are like Syracuse's Riggies. I don't hear anything about salt potatoes. Nothing. Really? I feel like that's the number one Syracuse thing I think of. And it's so funny too, because I, I have like this deep-seated anger for the city of philadelphia because they claim that they are like the tomato pie capital of the world i'm like this is blasphemous i can't believe that we're not getting any credit for this at all um what's uh what's like some interesting have you gone out to like the dinosaur barbecue and like the carousel what's the big syracuse stuff you guys have done so far since you're down there uh we've done dinosaur dinosaur i mean we did dinosaur before yeah uh what else has happened do you go to Soundgarden? It's my favorite place in Syracuse. Oh, love Soundgarden. I haven't gone as much as I'd want to a little bit because I just want to be more acquainted with the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little, so there's a secret bar on like downtown called like, I think like the Gilded Bar where you need to like get a passcode. 
mm. it's designed like a bank and you can like punch in a passcode and you get in oh. uh we did that which is really cool and like they change the password like every i think week yeah that's pretty keep on top of when you want to go in that was pretty cool um what else have we done um the bar life is really like a lot um, oh, yeah. a, so like there's a i mean we've been to the bars um, i went to go in the office for the first time which is really nice so seeing like this office for the job i've been working for nine months was like finally cool because i because i've been to syracuse every times and i've seen like the company logo i'm like hey, I work there and I've just never been in there. So like finally being in there for once was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, I got so my- I've always thought to myself that Syracuse is so dominated by Syracuse University. Like the town is so, not overwhelmed, but like the, a lot of the identity of the town is drawn from that university being right there in the center, right? Like I remember as a kid, you know, my sister went to Syracuse University. Like I have a, I have a fucking Otto the Orangeman tattoo <laughs> on my arm that yeah. people were like, what, did you go to Syracuse? I'm like, no, I just love the Orangeman. I can't help it. Uh, but it, I feel like it does feel like a college town, even though there's so much more to do there, particularly Wegmans. Yeah, um, uh, okay, yeah, that's true. Wegmans <laughs> is a really, Wegmans is a big trade-off. The first time we went to Wegmans living there versus going as like a fun trip gave both me and Marissa anxiety. Oh yeah, it's intense. Yeah. We walked in there like completely fine and like halfway through, I think both of us were like, we looked at each other and like we both were like, just, I am scared. And we were like, okay, let's cash out and leave. <laughs> I think for a lot of like uncultured young guys like myself, uh, Wegmans was the first time I ever tried sushi. It's the first time I ever came across like certain like spring rolls, weird things that I wouldn't have eaten as a kid, but like, oh, what is this? I'm going to try it out because they have it in the store. So I've always had a a soft spot in my heart for Wegmans. And I guess I can share this story with you. I don't even know if this venue is there. Did you ever go see shows in Syracuse when you were younger? Uh, no, I haven't gotten a chance to. I'm excited because um, I, I'm super excited to go see shows at the Westcott Theater. The Westcott Theater, very nice, very nice. When we were kids growing up, there was a venue in Syracuse. I want to say it was called Vertical Horizon, which is also a band. I don't think that's right. Or like the, the, the it was next to a strip club. So there's a strip club, and then there's the venue. Marissa's been to shows there. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yes. I went to see a show there years and years ago. And I went with Kevin because there was a band we knew called the All-Star Champs. Shout out to the All-Star Champs. I ripped off one of their songs when we were kids. Um, great guys. Though. I love those guys. And they were opening up for a legit band at the time. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars starring Jared Leto. <laughs> oh and, and I went to the show to see them. You don't like them? No. I- Bring back into music takes early stuff I like when they started getting when Jared Leto started getting very more open about the band being a cult (laughs) I was like okay time to get off this ride so this is like the first album but if anyone remembers it's like the red and white album like whatever that that album art was and you know we went to the show and Kevin and I were like in the you know we're we're cynical punk rockers sort of sitting there in the back just like look at this guy he's wearing a bulletproof vest and he's carrying a baseball bat around on stage what is he like the joker what is he the joker turns out he ends up as the joker um but he was the most classic rock star i've ever seen like he did the show and then went back to the bus and then just 
invited strippers from a strip club onto his bus and no one ever saw him again. And I was like, well, the show was good, but I appreciate that this guy's just living like the 1970s rock star lifestyle. He's like, nah, no talking to fans. I'm only on the bus with strippers. It's all I'm doing. <laughs> I, have to, I have to admit though, it was a good show. He was, I, I hate to say it. I hate giving him any credit. He he did. He was a very captivating front man, and the band put on quite a good show. And that's the last nice thing I'll ever say about them. Oh yeah, I expect you to put on a good show when you're a cult leader. When you're a cult leader, that's right. When you're holding your bulletproof vest and your baseball bat, he looks like a madman. Like a madman. Oh boy, like I don't know. Yeah, I remember. Was it? Uh, there's the album last album they did called America or This Is America, and I think ah. that was the point where I was like. Uh, Cause I mean, like they got very big with um, I forgot the record, um, the one that had like this is war and her. yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. So like there's that one, and then there's like they got very artsy with like love, lust, faith, and dreams. I think is he the most successful like crossover rock star? I'm trying because I know that there's other like um actors and stuff who have bands, but he actually like toured and made money. I feel like Jason Schwartzman was popular for a while with like but not even that big like I think, not even that big yeah yeah i think you're right i think he's the biggest like was an actor now and, I like, like that's just because no legit actor oh. puts out an album right donald glover donald glover okay all right so, <laughs> that's fair <laughs> now my question is this though is that a level of superstardom because i'm sure that jared Le jared leto was pretty talented in terms yeah. of his actual ability to sing and stuff but if like if you found out tomorrow that George Clooney and Brad Pitt were putting out a, a duo folk album, it would sell a billion albums just because they're so famous, regardless of whether or not it's good. Eh, well, here's here's where I'm going to challenge you in that. Okay, okay. Jeremy Reiner has a music career. Hawkeye has a music career, and it's not doing great. <laughs> the Avengers can't avenge his music career he's not doing hot okay. so you still gotta have some time you still gotta be like on the ball i hate to litigate other so like media and pop culture things in this but you, i'm gonna send you the video after we're done of just the the year that Jesus and marrow spent making fun of the jeremy renner song it's the highlight of my life is just them laughing at him doing his whole like, be my dumb, I do, I gotta tell you. It's unreal. It's so bad. He had an app. <laughs> the man, the man had an app. <laughs> Dude, you have to read like, and this was in the time where anyone had like, everyone had an app. This was like in 2018 where like, having a separate app for your band was dead unless you're doing like some next level stuff. And all you got to do was like, talk to Jeremy, spend the money or like Jeremy bucks or whatever. See, I know too much about this. Taylor Swift could pull this off. Britney yes. Spears, a pop star could pull this kind of thing off, right? Even with someone like a Mandy Moore, who is now like a relatively, she did the jump from like mediocre musician to like somewhat more than mediocre actress. And that's a good move. Yeah. But like, I, it just feels super off-brand for Hawkeye to be out here doing like earnest <laughs> R&B man I don't I don't buy it yeah well I think and yeah Taylor Swift makes more sense because also she has like so many small easter eggs her fans really do get into like the weeds on like what's next like what's she releasing like what are the meanings of things like like 
Taylor Swift definitely could pull that off and stick the landing really hard. I think she's done it before, honestly. Or she's done like, or she's hidden things on apps or something like that. Is and she I think the most like popular person in the world, music-wise. You think like most highly recognizable? If she walked down the street, almost anyone would say, "Oh my God, it's Taylor Swift." Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I didn't bring this as a question. I'm just throwing this at you, which is kind of unfair. It's kind of hard because I feel like in there's like once you hit that level of like. Beyonce, maybe, or like, yeah, I think Beyonce, probably Beyonce, because there's 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 stars, and then there's stars that make the stars go, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but I think what once you hit a certain level, like for me, like I think like I can't really start trying to distinguish like Ariana Grande, Beyonce, The Weeknd, Justin, Bieber. like I can't like look at that like tier of musicians and tier of people and try to be like this person's higher than this person. Like I can't necessarily do that. There's probably quantifiable ways to, but like it doesn't make sense. And also for, and this is coming from someone who spends a lot of time reading and watching videos about things that most people don't care about. I really don't care about. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, I'm glad you mentioned The weekend in there because The the weekend is the one for me who mm -hmm. I think if you're putting like a tier of like these, these all accepted big time stars that are at SNL and do the Super Bowl and going everywhere they want to go. The weekend feels the weirdest to me because in 2006, <laughs> yeah. like the weekend was for dudes I knew who just took lots of Molly and sat in clubs. Like that's how you knew about the weekend. If it was 2006, you were like on yeah. drugs living in Brooklyn. So the fact that like that, like depressing suicidal drug dirge music that he was putting out in 2006 turned into like flashing light or is that all the lights from that song is it's like, yeah. Like good for you, like making that conversion. Like that's that's how you know you're a real star when you're just like, I can produce whatever you want and I'm that good. Well, I think it slowly started setting up because I think he was going the R&B route. And as time went on, like we were starting to see, like we saw the revival and especially like last year or two of like 80s, just kind of like vibe, aesthetic and energy, like with Dua Lipa. And between like the dark elements of like what he was doing with like the soul R&B, him working with like that like and like him he's even worked with that punk but like him like he slowly aligned himself so basically like while other people made a big jump to kind of go for like the 80s or 90s or whatever genre they kind of took jump for for the weekend i think that he was already talking about like doing fuckboy shit and crooning so putting an arpeggiated synth under it wasn't that hard to do so it like it fit and then like now he's doing like shows like has a show with hbo oh yeah well if you had told me in 2007 that the weekend would be a bigger draw than frank ocean i would have told you you were a liar <laughs> no no one would have believed you no one um i gotta send you this video that i read yesterday that i watched it a couple days ago it was uh pharrell you may have saw this on twitter is pharrell interviewing dave grohl did you see this yep <laughs> It's all I, now every time I look at music, I'm like, we're all just stealing stuff from each other. Right? It's all just some big incestuous family. Uh, I have to ask, just because I don't want to keep you here all day. I appreciate the amount of time you've you've given us here today and bailing oh, me out with my my ear. Uh, we haven't been do. I pulled this up on the podcast like three weeks ago, and then because me and Heather and Kevin are like kind of like whatever, we have like old we have jobs and like like none of us are going, so it felt irrelevant. But now that we are all vaccinated and the world is getting back to normal. I'm starting to see uh, summer festivals returning. You're seeing lineups return. 
I have to ask you, have you seen any festivals out there that are exciting? Have you thought about going back out in public for like large scale music? I am going to a show next month and I'm going to California for a music festival actually. So, and that's in September, um, hands down. I think I feel way more comfortable with it. It feels like it's so exciting to be kind of like see things open up. It's still, I think there was like that level of hesitancy I had. It's still starting to kind of like mellow out a little bit more, but it's still very exciting. I would, I would love to, I mean, I know there's the Delta variant, which is like still like kind of scary. So I, I'm waiting a little bit more to hear. But so, that, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'll say, I'm totally with you. And I think that initially, once I got the, the shot, I was like, all right, you're supposed to, now I can go back out in the world, right? And I felt a little gun shy to do it. But then I kept thinking to myself, like, well, then what did you get the shot for? Like, why did you get it if you're not gonna go out in the world? And I think that's a struggle that a lot of people have gone through is like, how do I, how comfortable am I just going, go, ripping it as it is? You know what I mean? Like, just no mask, let's go. You know what I mean? I mean, I saw a video where someone explained it like, hey, when humans adapt, like we, we are used to adapting, but when we adapt, it's not like a switch you can turn off. Like once you adapt, that's how you are used to living now. So if you fully adapt to wearing a mask, like it's going to be very hard because you basically spent a year conditioning yourself to wearing one and there's nothing wrong with that because you're doing it to be safe but like if like to take it off and like have like and like having the option to it still feels a little weird because you've had that year of like okay like i gotta keep this thing on i don't, I don't know if you saw uh i put like a big long uh instagram story up this week of my ride on the sky ride at enchanted forest water safari which is the first time i've been back in many years and boy I've had the mask off at other places and I've never felt less safe than when I was in a Jane Forest Water Safari. <laughs> also, you know, you ever, I sometimes, I've, I've been going to the gym for like a month now, like on the low trying to, cause I like, I was like, man, I'm getting fat in my gut. I look like, uh, I look like a, like one of those real life doodles of a circle with legs on it. Like that's kind of what I look like. And, um, you know, I went to the, in forest and I'm like I don't know man people are gonna look at my like dumb tattoos and my stomach and then I walked in and I looked around I'm like oh I'm the best looking person here <laughs> it's like oh my god were, these people should not be wearing two pieces no people should be wearing two pieces here uh so it made, did make me feel a little better but also yeah. I didn't touch anyone or anything while I was there so. <laughs> So I just want to share this one with you. Uh, this was the Lollapalooza one that I pulled up. And I know a lot of people are not pleased with this group of headliners for Lala. So I'll give you the headliners. You tell me what you think here. I'm going to check it out, actually. Yeah, this, this is perfect. This is Miley Cyrus, Tyler, mm -hmm. the creator, Post Malone, and the Foo Fighters. Some of your other people on this list, Journey, Megan the Stallion, Marshmallow, Limp Biscuit, and Modest Mouse. Is this enough for you to be excited about Lollapalooza? <laughs> I can't really talk smack because the, the artist I'm going to see in August is Modest Mouse. Yo, I love Modest Mouse. That's like that. That's my biggest issue. I look at these shows. I'm old, so I don't know any of these people. I'm like, who is Alice in Wonderland? As oh, I, know. Oh, I love her. She's an EDM DJ. She there has, you go. Um, well, actually, here's a way I can you can maybe thread the needle. She has a song with the lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Oh ah. no, which is pretty good. It's kind of like. I recommend that one. That might be a way to think the needle. You know who I'm starting to feel like? Remember when, this is a couple years ago, there was like a tweet. Uh, I think Kanye did it. Like Kanye put out a song with a couple artists and Paul McCartney was on the track 
four or five seconds or it was uh, like, all day. Yeah, yeah. And you saw these people who were just like, oh, who's this young Paul? Who's this Paul McCartney guy that Kanye is getting up? And I'm like the guy on Twitter who's like, no, it's a real person. He's a member of the Beatles. I feel like that's me all day long now. Every time I see any take, I'm like, no, you don't get it. I think the same thing happened with uh, Ozzy when he was on Post Malone's album too. Yo, so Post Malone is probably the the most interesting artist for me of like the current batch of artists that I feel too young for or too old for, right? How come? Because he did that one YouTube video where he did that live Nirvana concert in his apartment during quarantine. And I was like, yes, this is <laughs> my guy who's just like doing a live stream of Nirvana songs with his garage band and YouTube. And I think that I, because he was the guy that I, when I was working in high schools, that was like the name that teachers would throw at you being like, oh, look at this kid. He looks like Post Malone. He's got the face tattoos. He's got eyes on masks. And I'm like, so so we don't like Post Malone teachers? Is that what was, that was going on here? We don't like the face tattoo guy? Yeah. And then the more and more I listen to him talk and listen to him like discuss music and like watch him, I'm like, oh, this man loves music. This man yeah. is not just like, I'm a, I'm here for the, like the fame and the celebrity. I'm an outrageous dude. Like I legitimately love all kinds of music and I have like a deep seated like appreciation for music, which by the way, is not something that you need to have. I don't want to be like old man gatekeeper here. Like you can like whatever you like, but I think that I got the impression that he was all hype, yeah. all tat- all face tattoos and hype and look and no There's talent. No and it, yeah. And I think that scares a lot of people sometimes too. I think that is fair. Um, what was I going to say? I think, yeah, look, I pulled up Malapalooza um, and there's a lot of people that I do know, but like the, there's some people, the lower you get, I'm just like, I don't even know. <laughs> well, um, well, Jimmy like, World's on this list, which made me feel a little good. I was like, hey, Jimmy World's somewhere on here. Yeah. All Time Low is really surreal because they are having like a real, a massive renaissance, like with like those songs, but like the crossover and like having them like hip hop radio as hard, as hard as they are again feels so trippy to me. Yo, am I, I could be wrong here. I think I read yesterday or somewhere on the radio or somebody heard mentioned that like the number one like rock song in America is like a day to remember song right now. It shouldn't be because that last album sucked. <laughs> I don't know if it, it was like, I don't know if I was like listening to K-Rock or something, but they were like going in on. So I was like, I know that people love the day to remember, but are they like mainstream mainstream now? Oh, they suck. I, I have thoughts on this. So there's a song on this new album that sounds like a, fucking target ad yes i'm not joking with you um it like it is critically panned like they went radio silent for a few like a year because there's allegations and they sideswipe like they sidestepped them and then came out with the album and then everyone was like not only were you horrible people your most recent record was ass <laughs> uh yeah this is from June. and they had the gall to call it you're welcome you're welcome. No. This is from June 23rd. So last week, two weeks ago, that song, Everything We Need, has risen to the number one spot on the active rock music charts, whatever that means. So yeah, people are liking this new lame stream version of A Day to Remember, it seems like. You look very sad about that. <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm distressed. What? You know what's weird to me too is like yeah. I listened to the song for a second and like I was also I feel like 
I feel bad about how I feel about Data Remember because I feel like Data Remember fell into two very specific camps where I rolled my eyes at. One, they fell into the double bass drum, power pop, power punk, whatever you were calling it in that era that all of my friends and bands wanted to do. Like every person I knew went out and bought a double bass pedal after those albums came out. Like when that and the Four Year Strong album came out, they're like, oh my God, this is it. So that always kind of made me roll my eyes. And then I heard this song and I was like, wait, this is what you guys turned into? You made me roll my eyes twice? Like I'm trying to defend you guys. <laughs> like, that's why like, I'm, I'm, I can give Cruz all time low because like they haven't really changed too much. Like they, they've like, their sound is like, like the songs they have out, like I think like um, Once in a Lifetime and like Monsters and like other songs like that. Those are like, I feel like that's all time low. There's no like, oh my gosh, they changed so much. I'm like, that's, that's the same band. And I think that in reality though, too, guys like, even guys like you and me who are different in terms of eras we listen to music are still sort of in the minority, because I just saw a thing on Twitter yesterday. I think it was YouTube music star Todd in the Shadows, who was, <laughs> who was talking about how Imagine Dragons Believer has like 2 billion plays yeah. on, on Spotify. Everyone I talk to who's like a musician is like, no, oh, fuck Imagine Dragons, they suck. Somebody listens to it and somebody likes it because someone's out there killing the Imagine Dragons song. Well, okay, I can give some feedback with that. Um, working at WTNR to pull, bring full circle, ding. Um, that song came out during my time in college. I think, no, Thunder came out either junior or senior year. So when we were doing live events, particularly sports and all that stuff, while WPNR was more kind of indie rock and a little bit more hipster, we couldn't play that when we were doing a live event. So we would play like the Ariana, we play the Imagine Dragons, we play the so-and-so, but that's not the full end of the story. Um, the Yuka College games, during like the breaks in between, for, for um, hockey in particular, during the breaks between the first and, th like, I don't know hockey, but um, the first and third and third and second periods, whatever, they would play a video where the members of the team were lip-syncing to Thunder in different places. It's the same thing that happened with Fall Boy Champion, with Fall Boy with their song Champions, mm. like Arena Rock. If you make an Arena Rock song and you remotely have a guitar, you're good to go. There's a reason Green Day was like playing all these like sports shows because like I think they had a new album. They maybe played one song off of it and went back to their older stuff. Like if you have a guitar and have something that actively sounds like someone can chant drunk, you're mm -hmm. good set. Well, there's a market for like, even as a kid, I remember like playing in high school. Uh, I used to play lacrosse. I was like the worst guy on the lacrosse team. But like, you know, we would have like the pump yourself up mix, right? It's like the mix you play. And it was always the same shit. It's always Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, Deftones. And it was that for like 30, <laughs> just the same, like three ACDC occasionally, if there was an old coach somewhere floating around. But like, I think that's like, when I saw someone commenting on that, like, yeah, it's the song to get hyped up at the gym for. I was like, God, really? But I bet you that's where a lot of this comes from. People need to get hyped. Cause let's put it this way. Are you gonna listen when you need to go to the gym or when you're doing some like full on head empty, like you're gonna get drunk. You're not, do you want to listen to the song that makes you cry or the song that makes you go, yeah. Cause like, no one's gonna be listening to Golden, but everyone's gonna be listening to like, 
my songs know what you did in the dark. What's like your what song makes you want to like run through a wall? Like if you heard like a particular song and you're like, I'm hyped up, I need to go, I'm I, I want to smash something, I'm gonna listen to this. Close your eyes, count to fuck. So I have a story. So one time me and Marissa were cooking in the kitchen and I was like, I don't know what it was. I think it was it's got it's one of the Run the Jewels records. I was playing Run the Jewels and she asked for a measuring cup and I was holding it. And I'm just like going and vibing to the song, just jumping around. And I straight up smash the, the measuring cup across a cabinet because of Run the Jewels. <coughs> Wasn't thinking, just went and like boom, broke. I just want you to note, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck is one of two Run the Jewels songs that are in their top five most popular. The other one is the one that I was going to mention, which is Blockbuster Night Part One, which makes me want to smash my head through a brick wall constantly. Like, I'm just like, I'm unafraid of anything after listening to this song. I'm trying to think what, well, Run the Jewels 3 has like the perfect, like, first three tracks of just like hype, like from Talk to Me, Legend Has It, a Call Ticketron. Like, there are times where I'll just sit down and I will go and just play that three song stretch because it's like, oh, yeah. It's one of those like stretches on like a record where it just goes and you're just like, you have to just see it through. There's a, there's also, and you can't find this on Spotify folks. So if you want to find this, you got to go on YouTube because they lost all the rights to it. There's an action Bronson song called Silverado off mm -hmm. of Blue Chips 2, which again, you can't get this album because it's like got all sorts of licensing issues. I have it on my iTunes floating around somewhere, but that's another one that I'm like ready to smash through. I believe my favorite lyric in that song is, why the fuck would I have a bodyguard when I look just like the motherfucking bodyguard? Which is my favorite. <laughs> um, so uh, I've kept you much longer than, I'm, than I uh, promised you that I would uh, keep you on for Malik. So before we do, I know, before we do some lightning round questions, because I have some new lightning round questions for you. Uh, can you remind our listeners uh, where they can get a hold of you, where they can follow you, where they can listen to the show? Yep, you can follow us on Instagram at against the algorithm, all one word, or go to Twitter at AT underscore pod. Uh, you can check out new episodes of Against the Algorithm every Friday on all of your streaming platforms of choices, or tune into WPNR 90.7, Utah College Pioneer Radio at 7 p.m. on Sundays to catch episodes there. And you could tell I was a college radio DJ because that WPNR stretch just <laughs> flowed. Like, <laughs> that was very good. I gotta give you credit for that. Uh, well, I don't remember how to take photos on my MacBook. I think we had this problem last time. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going to have to send me a photo before we forget so I can use it for the website. Yeah. Um, all right, Malik, I have some new lightning round questions. These are not the same five or six lightning round questions we ask everybody who's been on the show, but you're on all the time, so we got to come up with new content for you. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, I went up north this weekend. So Malik, what's the best trip or outing you remember as a child? And what made it great? The problem with all my childhood trips is I hated all of them. Yes. <laughs> the one that I remember is when I was in, I just recently graduated college and me and a few friends from college went to go to Ithaca for a music festival. Nice. And that was really fun. Um, we bought a cabin like just way out in like the middle of nowhere in Ithaca. Uh, just chill, like hung out there, chilled and then went to a music festival during the day. And that was like a really fun time. Um, nice. Like, Everyone was super chill. Like that was probably one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I feel like all my most relaxing vacations and fun vacations are with my crew and not my family. Because not that I don't love hanging out with my family, but there's like a different 
like level of expectations when you got like little kids and old folks do you got to deal with when it's like you and your crew just do your thing that's always the way to go and also everyone kind of knows where everyone's at there's no kind of like awkward like like there's like everyone just kind of gets okay this person might want to chill this person's down and like everyone already knows those dynamics so it's just literally just like okay hey we're in a separate place you can all chill and we're all good open space we're all down uh i was with 11 people for this trip and what i realized for me the best move is uh i'm never in control and i'm never going to make any decisions so just sort of go with it and that seemed to be my move for the whole trip That's uh, what is something that you consider a basic part of your current career that you have struggled to learn current career um accepting that something is good and done in my prior jobs, I mean, I've talked about it before. Um, when I worked at, uh, I had a really bad time with feeling like I was doing great because I was being told repeatedly that the ideas weren't good, this wasn't working out, and like, and like, it made it really made it hard to trust my gut in some cases to really be able to say, hey, this is done, this is good. And currently, at my current job, like outlines are coming back and things are coming back where they're like, I'm getting, they told me, this is really great. Like the client loved it. You're doing a great job. And that took a lot of time after realistically like two or three years of internalizing, like you're not good enough or this isn't good enough to like be able to have the room to be like, this is done, I'm all good. There you go. And like be able to do that and have the security that that's the case. I'm still kind of working on it, but yeah, that's, that was, that's good for me. All right, so this one's a little tough. These next two are kind of tough, so bear with me. Uh, what's a futuristic technology that does not exist now, but you would like to have? Hmm. Future technology that does exist, that I want to have now. I've been thinking about this question because people struggle with it. And I feel like sometimes when I'm walking around, um, I think of something funny that I want to text someone else in the group, but then it's yeah. real obvious. I wish there was like a like an internal text message with certain people. So you could just like think something and be like, that's going to go to their text message. So they can get the joke that I have in my head. That seems yeah. like it's a dangerous slope, mind you. Yeah, because all you need is like some like tech thing to happen. And if you remotely think of something like, doop, 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 you just throw it everywhere. Yeah. Like, what, your roommate eats like your chips and you get mad. And you're like, fuck you, Paul. And like, I have to get sent to them. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it's pretty hard. I think the biggest thing probably for me is... I'm thinking more of podcast equipment because I'm just thinking mm. like the biggest pain when it comes to doing it is like having like all of these different places for everything like hosting at one place for scheduling guests another if there's like more of an all-in-one box solution I think that would have I mean it's a part kind of hard because there's so many different nuances with it but like yeah my cheesy cop-out answer is like if there's like an all-in-one like start to finish podcasting like thing no, I think you're onto something because I think about it with the Zoom thing. Like, I wish that I like the Zoom format. I just wish that there was a more advanced Zoom where the the lag between conversation didn't exist. You could almost have that natural com. It doesn't exist when you're doing Zoom just because you have to sort of give it a second to catch up with everything. And I wish that was a little better. That's not like a future tech. That's just me being angry at current tech, I suppose. <laughs> But that's that's how future tech, tech starts finding those like smaller little gaps and then saying okay how can we make that less sucky how can we make that a little better uh here's a good one what's a fictional family that you would like to belong to a 
fictional family that you would like to belong to? A fictional family. Well, the one the one that came to mind was there's this movie on Netflix called The Mitchells versus the Machines, which is like a really wholesome animated yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. And it's like really good. Alex Leahy's in the soundtrack, and I tell you, and I loved her stuff when I was in college. So I was a huge fan. Um, that family, honestly, like that would be a pretty cool family. Uh, well, let me. Well, here's my clarification. I would want to be in the Mitchells after the movie. After the movie. The movie fin- like, when the movie is in like the a final act and they're doing the final battle. That Mitchells onwards. I do not want to be in the Mitchells before them. And if you watch the movie, you know why. <laughs> I think the stock answer for a lot of people seems to be the Bankses. Oh, like, really? Rich. People love the, the, the rich folks. They're pretty chill. Uh, my, I asked my niece this question, and I think she just said the family from Hotel Transylvania. That's what seemed to be where she wanted to go with this story. Yeah. Uh, all right. And I got two more here for you. Uh, we're opening up the Uticast deli and we're putting up names on the wall we're making the malik gale sandwich what would you like to be on the malik gale sandwich oh this is the worst because i'm so fucking hungry right now i've like i've, I've been like losing weight and like actually trying to watch myself and it's because i'm um, diabetes uh Got it. and i just have like it's taken everything in me to not order McDonald's during this interview so it comes before Marissa comes back home. It's taking everything in me to not do that. But hey, Marissa, if you're listening to this, I didn't order McDonald's. Be proud of me. Um, so I would get a, like, I'm a huge fan of like pastrami, cheese. Hmm. Probably do like, this might be weird, but I want to try it out. Pastrami and roast beef, maybe? Hey, all right. Now you're talking. Like a pastrami roast beef. Um, we'll get some like Swiss cheese, mm-hmm. uh, lettuce, tomato, onions, green peppers, salt, pepper, oil, vinegar, because you have to have those on a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Um, I just make sandwiches a ton in my, at my house, and I just have to make them, like, I have to make them deli style where you get a ton of meat, you get, like, the oil, you get the vinegar. Like, I love the fluffier bread, so it can't be on, like, two slices. It's got to be, like, on a roll or a hero. Like a hard roll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, yeah, I think that would that would be it. Did you ever go to uh, did you ever go to Willie's Bagel Cafe when you were still in Utica? Oh yeah, we love Willie's was amazing. Um, the meat lovers, like I got it on a, um, a I got it on an everything bagel sometimes, and it's perfect. It's like really weird because it's everything chopped up into like the egg, so you get like the yeah. bacon, egg, and ham all in there. I'm here for that though. All right, and uh, last but not least, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you guys are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I'm currently reading this comic book called Crowded because I've been wanting to get back in the comic book game. So Crowded is basically about this app where people can kick fund a assassination. Interesting. So say for example, like I wanted to put, like wanted you to die. I could put up a crowdfunding thing and have people put money down to be like, to put towards the bounty and like whoever gets the person gets the bounty. So this girl wakes up and she has over a million dollars on her bounty. Very black. And, and so then she goes to another app called Defender, which lets you hire bodyguards and stuff like that. And she ends up having to hire a bodyguard with 1.4 stars. Oh, wait a second. I feel like I started reading about this. This is like a hot comic, I feel like, right now. I, it's like, I've 
just finished the first volume yeah. a few days ago and I have the second one. I've been waiting to read it. It is so much fun. It's like it's like a it's a really good comic. I cannot recommend it enough. I think they're switching from the like an issue format to a graphic novel format. So it's gonna take a little bit, I think, for the next volume to come out. But I am such a huge fan of like the world they're building. Um, by the time I finished, um, I mean, spoiler alert, she's still alive. There's a second yeah. volume. Um, her bounty went up to two <coughs> by that point. But there's a lot of more other smaller things you get to learn. You get to learn more about like the bounty hunter and like why she was only really one star. You get to learn about that. It's just, and there's like, there's some secrets that are like, there are some really heavy secrets that you're just like, hmm. why? Like, the only thing I'll say is like, while we were looking at this main character and she might seem a little ditzy, a little just kind of like, oh my gosh, my life is a mess and just kind of like out there. There are some points in the comic that make you reevaluate that and you're just like, she knows more than she's letting on. And like, it's, it, it very clearly is an act. Have I, have I pitched, have we talked comics on here before? I don't think we have. I've been, I'm a huge fan of comics, but I just haven't been able to jump back on them. Well, here's an- So excited for Crowded. Well, here's an old man one for you that I uh, I pitched this. I feel like I've talked to other comic book people, probably Dave Delachey. Shout out to Dave. Um, the last comic series, and this is some, I'm going to throw a bunch of nerd stuff out here, folks. You're going to have to deal with it. Uh, he's like a big time writer now. His name is Jason Aaron. I think he works on like Thor and like a lot of Hawkeye stuff now or whatever. But um, his one of the things he got famous for was this graphic novel series called Scalped. And Scalped is the story of this Native American guy who leaves the reservation as a kid to join the U.S. Army and he becomes work and he starts working for the government and he ends up going getting sent back to the reservation where he grew up to work for the crime boss slash casino owner and it's this whole internal crime story about this guy and going back to his hometown and where his allegiances lie and whether or not he's being played by the government. And the, it's really well done. It's very R-rated, but I kept thinking to myself, like the fact that nobody has taken this show or this and made like an HBO show or a Showtime series about this feels like an absolute miss. It's called Scalp. You folks should look for it. It's really good. That sounds really good. I'm, I am, I'm interested in it. And yeah, the same thing with Crowded. Like during it, like there's a lot of like more like wacky elements to it, but I mean, just like the basic premise of the show, I think lends itself like there's like there's comics that really do lend themselves so well to like serialized shows the only problem I feel like is that sometimes when you look at comic adaptions they try grabbing them a little bit too much are you watching Loki by the way no so I talked to my friends about this um I fell off the Marvel train I know kind of what's going on in the Marvel universe I know that the multiverse is getting basically set up um and all that good stuff but more or less there was a point where I kind of just stopped watching a lot of Marvel media and I've kept tabs on it more to be like relevant to understand the relevance of like what's going on so I I, I know it was Agatha all along didn't watch it um, um yeah I'll, I'll bring it up because I'll say this I'm kind of with you like I I enjoy all the Marvel products I have watched all the new shows but that's because I'm like a normie who gets home from work now and I'm like oh I need something to watch right now um Everyone really liked WandaVision. And I do think the first like six episodes of WandaVision are really cool and really interesting. And in typical comic book movie fashion, uh, it kind of peters out into people shooting lasers in the sky at the end. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it turns out into like big CG fist fight. That show is interesting. Uh, Captain America and what is it? What the hell is it? The Falcon Winter Soldier. 
was yeah. interesting, but like a little heavy handed in terms of what they were trying to do. It's like, but America, we're conflicted. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. This one is the most interesting. Loki's the most interesting, funniest, well made of the shows. And I kind of wish it had come out first because I feel like that would have been, I feel like it's kind of people are a little like, all right, another series now on Disney plus, but I'll watch Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson do like banter back and forth for six episodes. Cause they're good at it. And that's all that mattered to me. I was like, these guys are hilarious. Has he said a wow yet? A couple times. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not naive to what people want. They know what people want. Uh, and we know what people want. That's more seasons of against the algorithm podcast. As of course, We've mentioned many times with our host here, Malik Gale. We're so happy that your new season starts this Friday. We're we're sad that you're out in Syracuse, so we can't see you in person as often. But we're glad that you made the move and you're enjoying yourself. I and, mean, uh, well, and I, I won't be a stranger. Huh? I won't be a stranger. Yeah, see, this is a Zoom thing. Uh, okay. I won't be a, I won't be a stranger at all. I'll I'll still be around Utica. Uh, Malik, again, though, always a pleasure, bud. We look forward to the new season, and thank you so much uh, for giving us some time this morning. You really helped me out because I feel like I'm going to go die now. Go, go rest, please feel better. And again, whenever, as long as you guys have me, I am more than happy to be on. What'd you say? No, I'm just kidding, I'm, I'm just playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Oh, I heard that. Malik, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, I appreciate it. Oh, you gotta send me a picture too. Yeah, I gotta make sure to do that. But yeah, thank right. you so much. Thanks, bud, see you later. Including, uh, was it you say on the radio? WPNR on Utica College Radio mm. again. Back to his stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so cool with that. Very excited for him. You should follow him too on Twitter. He's a good follow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny too because like this week there actually was like news that like, things happened this week. Like big things happened oh, yeah. this week in the news, and I got nothing. I was mm. we were going to talk about the building stuff, like the Miami. Well, you were on vacation, so I mean. The building collapse one made it through the vacation yeah. firewall. Because sometimes when you go on vacation, stories don't make Definitely. it through. Definitely. But a lot of stuff made it through this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the Miami uh, building collapse made it through. That was like big conversation. Uh, Bill Cosby made it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, on the sports side, uh, Shikari Richardson testing positive for marijuana and getting pulled off the Olympic team. Yeah, those three stories kind of made it through the firewall mm. of vacation time. So we don't have to talk about any of those things. I just don't know if you have any thoughts on any of them that you care to get into. It's all pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're all I gotta say they're all terrible in their own ways. They all make me uh, angry for different reasons. But like, yeah, not a not a flattering slate of stories. It right was there. tough. It was tough. I hope they let that go run. They really should. That one's just so sad. And I get, like, I, I understand, like, some folks, I'm like, well, it's in the rules. And you should. Yeah. Okay. I guess. But, like, really, now's the time. You know what I mean? Like, now's the time to, to fix that so that's not the way it is because it's just, it's foolish. I think I heard this take on, like, 
local sports radio, but someone was essentially saying like one of the ways that things like this get solved is when it gets like pulled out in public in a story like this. For sure, for sure. Uh, And people are like, well, what do you mean? This is the rule. Like we should do something about it. Yeah, let this be the moment. Yeah, so make it be the moment where we do something about this rule. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I mean, you hope that that becomes, you know, a catalyst for good. And same things with, you know, the building inspections and these dirtbag slumlords who let their place collapse knowing the building was in trouble and all these lives lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you see so many different things. There was a bridge collapse this past week. You're seeing all sorts of wild stuff. The ocean is literally on fire. I don't know if you saw Yo, that. Yo, I guys. saw the, ocean the ocean's on fire. fire. Uh, the clouds were on fire <laughs> out in British Columbia, which was cool. So, yeah, I mean, let's, you know, maybe a couple bucks for infrastructure, maybe uh, chill out with the marijuana, like, just tax it. <laughs> I don't know, guys, I'm not a, uh, you know what I mean? I'm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Dark stuff that happened this week that I was on vacation that made it through the vacation firewall. Mm. Mm. I got one, the Cosby one's weird because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, justice for Cosby, and it's like, yo, he didn't get exonerated. You'll know that. At all. You go. At all. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Yeah. He still admitted all those things he did. Uh, yeah, still, 100% bad guy. <laughs> yeah, 100% bad dude. Uh, all right. Oh, there was one good story, I guess, this week. Did you see that the NCAA cleared student athletes to make money now? I did. I did. I noticed that all the people who have been saying that that should happen for the last two decades are now very upset that it's happened. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't, I didn't <laughs> oh, notice yes, that. No. Yes, yes, they're now very upset that it's happened. I think it's going to be hilarious to start seeing like college athletes doing like real local crumb bum commercials. I think you're going to see a revitalization of NCAA um, athletics when now there's less reason to leave. I think now you'll see more guys be like, you know, screw it, I'm making money. I'll play for four years at Duke. This seems cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you'll actually see. I think get now my degree, that, you get paid. I think that yeah, for real. I think now yeah. that these college guys can get paid, I think you will actually see an increase in the level of basketball and watching NCAA won't be like glorified high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get some good basketball back. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, So that was like one nice story that happened. Yeah, there's always nice stories. The problem is there's so many stories now, right? There's there's 400 stories a week and there's only so many you can focus on, you know? Uh, Oh, here's one for you. This is like sort of a weird story. It's more my wheelhouse than yours, I think. A, an original copy of the NES Legend of Zelda. Correct. So the, the gold cartridge. Yes. <laughs> the gold cartridge inside mm-hmm. the box that's ranked at 9.0 on the collector scale. It's like marked away. It's one of the nicest copies ever. Is on sale for $110,000. Feels low. Feels low, right? I actually when you were like when you were buttering this one up, I really thought it was going to be more. That's that's the starting bid I think oh, okay. right now. Uh I'm kind of surprised that old video games isn't getting the like the trading card uh, treatment right now. The like, trading cards are on the up, and people are like, collecting stuff and like rarity. There's tons of like video game interest and tons of like rare and expensive video game stuff that's out there to be had. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know if people are jumping on that market. Are we on yeah, that market? No. I I don't know who we <laughs> yeah. is. I'm certainly nowhere near that market. Um, no, I think there's there's people that do that. It's just a smaller sector because video games are a lot more niche than sports cards. That's fair. I you guess know that's what I mean? true. Even if they're more ubiquitous in the culture now than they were when we were like kids and you happen to, you know, self-selectingly know a lot of people that play, it's not at the same level as like the NBA. Uh, it remains to be seen if this will become the most expensive game ever sold, however. 
a sealed NES cartridge of Super Mario Brothers sold for an astonishing $660,000 in April this year. Mm. So maybe there is some money in this already happening. Maybe I'm not paying attention. Oh, yeah. uh, and then there you go. Super rare copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. That went for 156. So Wild. Wild. I wish I... That's like one of those things you go back in time. You're like, I wish I had kept all these boxes and manuals. Mm. Or... You would have just bought two, like if you knew better back then. True. Who would have known better? Nobody, Who would have had the insight? Nobody. I certainly, I also certainly wasn't as liquid as I would have needed to be when I was six years old to be able to be buying two copies of everything. No, but I gotta say, like my old man actually was—he bought a thing of cards in '86, right? Baseball cards for the sake of giving them to me years later. Never saw them, by the way. Mm, uh, all gone. Uh, but like uh, that would have theoretically been a savvy investment. 20, do you know what I mean? Like one box of cards 25 years later. Yeah, maybe. I suppose. Uh, so there you go. I'm going to jump, I'm going through all my old video games and seeing if I have anything that's worth any money. I think those are just like copies of various Fallout games. No, I have, I got games. I got old games. You I got, got the games, oldest I'm game. I'm going to play them later. Play all the games right now. Uh, I, I can spring, I'm going to spring a Spotify list on you because Ooh, I, uh, hit me. Well, I sent it to uh, Malik as well, so Malik threw six songs oh, on cool. here as well, just like last time. So look for the Uticast XATA2 mix mm. coming out. Um, I'll highlight just uh, just a couple songs here real quick. Uh, number one, well, I'll do this in sections, I suppose. Two sections. All right. Uh, one is Ode to Viceroy by Mac DeMarco. Mm-hmm. And the other one is The Fixer by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Two songs that made their rotation while I was camping over the weekend and I kind of thought about it afterwards. Just right. two songs that were on the mix on the rotation that I was like, oh yeah, these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, because <laughs> because uh, Malik and I talked about it during the interview, uh, songs that get us hyped, I put on Blockbuster Night Part 1 by Run the Jewels. Mm. Uh, and then also, talking about raunchy music, uh, I put on Strictly For My Jeeps by Action Bronson, a very mm. raunchy song. There so go. there you go, some of the tracks from this week's Spotify mm. mixtape. Mm. I have some tracks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about it. But I'll look at what you guys. I didn't even send it to you yet, so it's, yeah. it's unfair for me to ask you to do any sort of. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you, you and Malik got tracks, sort of put me in, in the coverage. I'll take a look. I'll throw some heat on there. You'll know. Yeah, y'all will know. <laughs> I will know. All right, and uh, I guess that will do it. I'm gonna go eat a snack. There you go. Uh, and oh, you know what? I was at the grocery store this morning. Were you? I was. There you go. I made clam dip, by the way. I'm going to eat that when I'm done. You don't like clam dip. I don't know. Did you like clam dip? I got a problem with clam dip. I've had clam dip. Did I make this? Yeah. Yeah, you you certainly made clam dip. I saw that they're selling the Chick-fil-A sauce in the store now. Like the Chick-fil-A brand. What is the Chick-fil-A sauce? I've never been to Chick-fil-A. So, okay. I know people uh, people are going to ask about Chick-fil-A sauce is like the hot commodity when you go to these chicken sandwich things. Sure. People love the Chick-fil-A sauce. What is it, though? No one really knows for sure. If you had to ask, if you're asking me, I think it tastes something a little bit like sort of a barbecue honey mustard combination. Uh. It's a very nice, savory chicken sauce. Mm. Uh, I think it tastes very good. I, I wanted to hate on it when I tried it, and I was like, no, this is pretty good. It's mm. pretty tasty. Uh, and I saw that they had the Chick-fil-A branded Chick-fil-A sauce mm. in the store. So I bought it. There you go. Of course. Had to do it. Why, mm. why not? It was right there, there for the taking. So I will let the folks... Who survived all the way to the end of this episode know if the Chick-fil-A sauce that they are selling in the store is as good as the Chick-fil-A sauce. This is the real deal. The real deal. Hard-hitting Chick- investigative journalism this week. <laughs> That's what I'm doing for this week's uh, 
this week's investigative journalism segment, Chick-fil-A sauce, um, isn't the real deal. Uh, what's your go-to sauce if you go to a restaurant? Barbecue? Oh, man, I, it depends. I feel like it depends a lot on what I'm eating, because I can't just have, like, barbecue for anything. In this context, I guess it would be chicken or breaded chicken of some sort. Breaded chicken of some sort, I guess I would probably like, I'd get into like a honey mustard, some sort of more spicy style honey mustard maybe. Barbecue is all right, but I feel like barbecue sauce is, I feel like you're into a lot of bad barbecue sauce. A lot of bad barbecue sauce. I don't know what I want with a barbecue sauce sometimes. I look at all the options Mm. and I get overwhelmed by choice. That's what your investigative research should be. you got to figure out some barbecue sauces here. Uh, I'm not the man to do that. You know who the man to do that is, and that's GFOP Chris Mandre. I'd have to call him in from the West Coast. No, because Chris Mandre would just tell you to go buy the one. What's that one kind that he likes? He's got tattooed on his body. Casey Masterpiece, I no, think. No, it's not Casey Bullseye? Masterpiece. It's like Cattleman's. Bullseye. I think it's Bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah, he'll just be... tell you to get Bullseye, yeah. That's all for him. It ended. <laughs> it ended where it started when he went down that road. Yeah, I, I think if you're talking about condiments, barbecue gives you the biggest range mm. of options and I don't know exactly what I want, right? Mm. So then I sort of split the difference. So, because here's another thing I know. I, I, I didn't mean to end the show in a rant, but. Oh, whatever. What's up with these grocery stores that hit you with the two for four? I don't want two of something. They want you to want two of something. Just give me one. They want $4. Give me one at the two for four price. Dirt and a little I'll secret buy. for you. Uh, they they do just charge you the two for one price, even if you get just the yeah, one. I yeah. Yeah. Most unless it's like not if you go to like Price Chopper, those like Robber Barons. Yeah. Like if you go to Hannaford and you're buying something where it's like oh two for four, when you go buy it, the one will be just two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a scam. Because I don't want two and I don't what am I gonna do with two barbecue sauces? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of barbecue sauce. Yeah, it stay, it stays good forever though. I mean if you're like using it, if you were making like pulled pork or something. Yeah, dude, if you were if you were smoking pulled pork. Yeah. You but, need two barbecue sauces. But when do you I'm saying like unless you go buy barbecue sauce for a purpose of making a barbecue. Right? If you're making if you're going to make a roast, mm. you're like I'm going to go get barbecue sauce for this roast. You're not going to look in the fridge and be like I hope we have barbecue sauce. And that's how you end up with like three barbecue sauces in the fridge. Well, that's also this is a short-sighted perspective of a man who's not like commandeering a bunch of children. Like I saw a bunch of like my brothers and cousins kids today, all these little kids, these kids who were down chicken nuggets. Little kids love barbecue. Like you go through it when you got Kids in the house, you got more people in the house, you got kids throwing barbecue sauce on every little thing, being like, oh, barbecue sauce, my turkey sandwich, like... So, if we were making a definitive ranking of sauces, then the way we're going here, barbecue sauce is the number one? It's too, no, it's too broad. It's too, too broad. It's too broad. What, barbecue sauce can be so many things. You're talking about, like, a, a Carolina-style sauce, a Texas-style sauce. I'm talking, like, McDonald's... Burger, uh, barbecue style sauce, like bullseye barbecue. Is that the most, is that in everybody's kitchen? Everyone's got barbecue sauce like that in their kitchen? No. No? no you think it's still think like ketchup or mustard still? So, so, I mean, definitely ketchup. It's not even close to ketchup. I yeah, hate barbecue. Ketchup. Yeah, but no, that's, they're still not, that's not in the same neighborhood. What people have in their fridge, and definitely mustard too, I would say. I saw a recipe yesterday for shrimp tacos that called for ketchup in the sauce, and I immediately like turned the page off. I was like, uh, you might gotta have it. If, they said it was good. I said, yeah, I don't yeah. believe them. I don't believe it. Yeah, it's just like an acidic, sweet, like tomato kind of base thing. All right, that's it. Price Chopper rant, condiment rant. Don't go to Price Chopper. Stay away. Stay away from Price Chopper right now. Stay away from Price Chopper. Um, Maybe I'll do a condiment ranking next time. I would say for me it's sweet and sour when I go out and get a sauce somewhere. If you're just talking talking about McDonald's chicken nuggets, though. That's (laughs) no, but that sauce 
is pretty good. They should sell that sauce. They probably, I'm sure they do. Think they do? They probably got something like that, yeah. Taco Bell used to make a Chipotle sauce mm. that I would get for making mm. quesadillas. Now, you know, you only want the white sauce off the halal card. You want the white sauce. They should sell that in they some way. They should. Yo, sell that, guys. All right. Uh, thanks again to Malik Gale for carrying me through this episode because he's the best. Go check out uh, the new season of... ATA podcast against the algorithm on all podcasting platforms. You can follow Heather at Heather Waz one. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SFDM or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud taking over the web. Sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. I really hope I get my hearing back. The tape machines are rolling. Uh, We are desperately out of time, and we will see you next week, I think. I hope we will see you next week for another episode of the UDK. Stay safe. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.